What is going on, guys? It is uh, time for another Friday Night Live. <laughs> oh, how's everybody doing tonight? So, a little bit different tonight. Um, I wasn't really prepared for this. I don't know why I forgot a few things. But I forgot my my webcam, so we were having to run this off of the crappy camera that comes on my on my Mac. Uh, so the lighting's horrible, and uh, the signal is it's so so. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, quality may or may not be as good, but uh, but anyway, I can get questions coming across, and you guys hopefully can hear me fine. Uh, I had to turn the air conditioner off because it's a little loud in the RV. And uh, I got a little fan on me just in case it gets too hot. But um, I'm on the shores of Lake Gunnersville. I've been here for two days, just kind of running around looking for fish. I've got the the Spro Frog Kayak Tournament next Saturday. So I've been kind of looking for fish for that and uh, also for the KBF National Championship. Just trying to get the lay of the lake and figure out where the fish are and how they're transitioning into, or if they're even transitioning into a fall deal, which they're not, they're still out on their summer spots, but, uh, but a lot can happen in four weeks. So how's everybody going? How about that? Let me try that again. How's everybody doing for you guys who joining me on my, on my podcast? Welcome. Welcome. Uh, and, um, thanks for listening. And we've got a bunch of people jumping on already got 145 people on. That's awesome. What's up, Matt Kelly? Go dogs. Uh, no hat tonight because when I do that, because of the lighting, you lose my face. So we're going to leave the hat off. Um, but uh, it is what it is. We're just going to have to deal with what we've got. Um, let's see. A couple of announcements. Uh, our last month's giveaway winner should be uh, should receive his uh, Tackle Warehouse gift card either today or tomorrow. Um, still waiting on a coupon code from my website for him. Uh, but for you guys who want to enter this month's giveaway, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is go to my website, buy a Fluke Master sticker. I think they're like five bucks. And uh, when you get it, stick it on something, take a picture of it, go on Instagram, post it on Instagram. If you don't have an Instagram account, create one. It ain't hard. It's free. Uh, put it on there and use hashtag uh, stuck on fluke and also tag me in it. And uh, that way I can search it when it's time to pick a winner and I'll randomly pick a winner. If you've already bought a sticker and didn't, done it in the last couple of months, consider yourself still entered. I just look at all the pictures and I randomly pick one. If you, if you, entered, if you put one in last month, uh, then that's fine. Now the winner from each month will go into a hat next May and I will pick a, a, uh, a winner of a, of a fishing trip where I'll just come to your house and pick you up and take you fishing. So that's that. Uh, but yeah, use the hashtag stuck on fluke. So Steven Rogers, thanks for five bucks, man. He says Friday night live while on vacation legend, <laughs> not on vacation. I'm working. Um, just decided to stay close to the lake I'm fishing on. So, um, but yeah, a fan slash friend of mine uh, loaned me his RV and his spot over here at Gunnersville. So I'm kind of, and it's nice because I'm able to kind of get away from everything. I don't think any competitors or any of the tournaments I'm fishing are going to be staying here because all the spots are full with people who get these every every year. And so um, I'll be by myself and be hanging, you know, be able to to stay focused and, and relaxed and not have to, you know, be around other competitors, which I, I tend to get talking and get, 
you know, I love to talk fishing and everything else and I, and I lose concentration on what I'm, what I'm there to do. So anyway, Jeremy, uh, Bow Bowersock. Thanks for the five bucks. Man, he says he says my favorite part of Friday night now. Uh, what's your favorite trailers for spinner baits versus chatter baits? Um, I don't use a trailer on a spinner bait. My chatter baits are the Strike King Blade Minnow, the Rage Menace, and a um, some type of a paddle tail or the different ones I use. I rarely ever use a paddle tail just because the blade from a chatter bait. Uh, it steals the water from the paddle tail and you don't get a very good action. So, but, uh, do I ever know come to Nebraska? I was in Nebraska on my way home from vacation in July. Uh, I got some old army friends that live, that live there. I may come back up there Thanksgiving and then go to North Dakota or South Dakota and go pheasant hunting. But, uh, we haven't decided if we're going to do that yet. So let's see. All right. Let me turn my fan a little bit. This place is going to get hot really quick without the air conditioning on. But um, but the fishing on Guntersville has been tough. Um, it's I think I caught five fish today, but all small, just flipping. Um, but I did miss a big one. I kind of figured out how I might be able to catch them with frogs come next Saturday at the Spro. Uh, the Spro Frog Tournament. What it is, it's a kayak tournament for Spro, and it's Spro Frogs only. Is basically what it is. So you got to be able to find them that'll hit uh, frogs. And so hopefully, I figured something out that'll get a little bit better as the week goes along, as they start to transition, uh, you know, out of the deeper water. But uh, it's not getting any cooler. Is the problem? I think our water temperature here is 85, 86 degrees. All right, let's get in some Q and A and get this thing rolling. Um, Let's see. Noah Tharp. Uh, hello, new to the channel. I saw your truck at, a while back in Bossier, Louisiana. Gonna start watching. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that was a while back. That was a uh, dang. That was the national championship for KBF last spring. So yeah, dude. Thanks for thanks for being a part of the channel. I really appreciate it and welcome. Um, <laughs> Terrell Marquez says roll tide. Oh, let's see. Um, Damien, hey, how's it going? Are you still uh, sandbagging? Uh, but other than that, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. And yes, I'm still sandbagging. Uh, da Damien is in second place in the kayak tournament I'm fishing right now, the, the KBF monthly challenge, which is 21 days long. So I'm done fishing. I might be able to get one more day in at the very last day of the tournament. Um, but uh but yeah, I'm holding back a few fish. I don't want him to know exactly what I have. Uh, let's see. Actually, Damien, I'm just holding back one fish. <laughs> anyway, John, uh, I can, I'm not going to try your last name. I'll butcher it. Uh, let me come down here and put your uh, comment down at the bottom. Nope, that's Jeremy. All right, John, thanks for the five bucks. He says, thanks for all you do. What is your favorite lures for bank fishing? Need some guidance. Ooh, um, I always have a Ned rig tied on when I'm bank fishing because you can swim it just like a crankbait or you can hop it off the bottom. You can do so much with it and it catches everything. Um, another thing would be a small spinner bait and then some type of a, a light Texas rig worm or, or soft plastic. Those would be my top three, maybe a buzz bait and a frog uh, most times of the year. Uh, that would, 
those would be would be just for fun but uh but definitely definitely a ned rig um let's see what would you throw if you were fishing right now on the bank of a small pond with hydrilla a lot of hydrilla um a floating worm i say floating worm get a trick worm whether it has salt in it or not and 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 hook it uh texas rigged without a weight on it you can fish that on top of the uh, on top of the hydrilla I, uh, sorry, I have got very little sleep lately, so I'm really tired. Um, a split shot rig would work really good, or a mojo rig if you've got the right sinkers for it, which DMC now makes tungsten sinkers. I found out the other day. They're totally out of them on Tackle Warehouse. But anyway, so I found out that somebody's finally making the the, the weights that I've been pouring out of lead for years, uh, which is great. I know Mike Iaconelli had a lot to do with that. Him and, had a, him and I had a discussion about three years ago about those weights. But anyway, so a mojo weight or a mojo rig. Um, those would be the ones that I would recommend. Definitely. Is the fall transition determined by water temperature? What temps would that be? If so, it's determined by falling water temperature. That's all it's determined by. So uh, as your as your nights get cooler and your days stay somewhere close to your water temperature, like right now, water temperature here is 82 81 82 83 somewhere around there depending on what time of the day the air temperature hasn't quite got down to that during the day but when you can get uh daytime temperatures that hover around the water temperature and then nighttime temperatures that are well below you'll start to have a decline in water temperature and it will trigger the bass to start to move that's when start uh, the fall transition starts uh, soon you'll start to see grass die off and the bass will start to move towards hard structure or hard cover. Move shallow. The bait fish will start moving into the mouths of creeks on reservoirs and on natural lakes. They'll start to move shallow on points and shallow up into the pockets. Um, and so uh, and the bass will follow the bait. So that's kind of what I'm waiting for right now. Everything's looking good here in Gunnersville, but it's just not quite to the fall time or, or they haven't started moving towards fall transition quite yet. So what's your favorite spinner bait and why? Hmm. I've got a few favorites, a few that I always make sure that I have on hand. One is the strike back spinner bait from lucky Stri not lucky strike. Oh gosh. Who makes it? Um, Mega strike. It's called the strike back spinner bait. I like that one because it is very, very durable and it's almost a guaranteed hook set and big fish can't shake them. Uh, the one I find myself using the most is the um, SOB Lures Mini Me. I've been using that one for about 20 years. Um, and it, it's just one of those that just I always I just have a lot of confidence in. And it's got smaller, it's got the right size blades for me. It's uh, a smaller profile bait, but you can get them all the way up to an, an ounce. Uh, and what's the other one? The other one is a uh, Strike King Tournament Series is another one, just because I like some of the blades that they come on that one. So that's about it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Damien, you're hilarious. Uh, what's a big, good beginner bait caster setup? Get a medium action or medium heavy um, rod and 
I don't like combos, buying them as a combo, but if that's what you can afford, I always say go to Bass Pro or Cabela's or, or uh, um, Academy and buy their store brand, but buy one of the top, their, their higher end store brands, which will be somewhere in the $120 range of rod reel combo. The rod will be decent. The reel will be good. Um, but if you're going to buy a reel separate, try to keep it around a $70 or more or $60 or more reel, just because the quality below that seems to be absolutely horrible. Um, but as for the types, you know, 13, I'm sponsored by 13. So I'm, I'm kind of, I want to, I want to talk about them a little bit. Their origin series, origin A and origin C, which is, uh, I think the A is 70 and the C is 100, are really good reels. My son uses them every day. I used them all until I, let, I gave, gave them to my son and, and for, for him to use. And they have lasted a long time with no issues at all. Um, and they're very, very inexpensive for a bait caster. So that's, that's what I would recommend on the bait caster. So. Hey, Fluke, there's an SS107 for 800 on Facebook near me. I am 220. think I should go for it. I do pretty good in the 107. Um, it's a little tippy. You're, you're, right at, you're a little lighter than I am, as a matter of fact. You're about 10 pounds lighter than me. And mine's, it's a little tippy, but I, it's very, very stable. And the reason it's tippy is it's made to be able to turn fast in, in current and rivers and things like that. And so... Um, you should be able to, no problem. I mean, and in the cockpit's the same size as the 127. It's just a foot shorter on both sides, both ends, and so, and it's a little bit wider. And it's a good boat. And 800 is a really good price, especially right now, considering you can't find them anywhere on, um, on uh, at stores and things like that. There's guys that are selling used ones at retail right now, so 800 is a really good price. Um. Let's see. Asvaldo Omana says, uh, Hey, Fluke Master, saw your video where you taught your nephew how to use a bait casting, uh, a bait caster. Any suggestions on rod reel for beginners like me, size reel? Okay, we already covered that one in the last, in the last uh, question. So, what's your favorite bait when searching for fish? Um, it's going to be a square bill. Um, what did I use today? A chatterbait. I used to let chatterbait a lot today, but the dang, that freaking, the coontail was horrible and it, and coontail doesn't break very easy. So it was hanging up in the chat on the chatterbait. Um, but yeah, square bill or chatterbait or a, or a spinnerbait are usually what I throw. Um, depending on the, on the kind of cover I'm trying to fish. I wished I'd had a fluke today, but I had one bag and it was the wrong color. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's what I would throw. Steven Rogers, what do you do with your rod while removing a hook fishing from your kayak? Felt clumsy on my first outing today. Rod almost went in the drink. Yeah, dude, it's a, that's one of the things about a kayak is, is especially the, when starting, I remember when I was starting to get, you know, get into buying, getting all the stuff and everything else, I would drop like my net in the water or the rod, the reel would go in the water. Lay your rod down and disengage your reel, whether it's a bait caster or a spinning rod, disengage your reel and lay your rod down on the, in between your feet, right on the front of the boat and then work, you know, take the hook out, but disengage your reel. 
and that lets the line come in and out and everything else. So that's the biggest thing for that. Jerry, I'm not going to pronounce your last name. Thanks for the five bucks. He says, hey, Gene, fishing middle Tennessee lakes. Any ideas why my landing ratio with using an EWG hook is 1,000 times better than while using a straight shank flipping hook? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I use a straight shank all the time and I don't have a problem with hookup ratios. I don't know, dude. I'd have to see how you were hooking it. But uh, I've been using a lot of EWGs lately too. So I, I don't know. Let's see. Russell Taylor says, good luck this weekend. It's next weekend. And thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Um, T. DeMario, if you're on a body of water this time of year and you don't have a fish finder, what lure are you rigging up and what are you looking for? I'll start with what I'm looking for. I'm looking for life. I'm looking for bait fish. Even today, I, I turned my front fish finder off today because I was fishing shallow and I was looking for bait ticking the surface and swirls and just a lot of different types of fish in the same general area birds on the bank and everything else and just kind of tells me that there's life there and that there's something with the environment that the fish like be it oxygen be it food be it something and so I, that, that's where i start and literally i went around today for hours looking for places like that and i'd make a few casts and and or burn through it on my trolling motor and look for bait or for bass swimming away and and uh and just mark it on my fish finder because i'm not fishing the tournament till next weekend but uh i'd throw a frog a few times through the stuff i got blown up on once pulled it away put it in the deck on the deck of the boat and went on but uh that's kind of what i'm looking for is looking for life um the lure that i choose depends on the cover depends on the water color or clarity um and it really you know, I like to start with a moving bait, but a crankbait or a square bill is not going to work good in grass. It's going to get hung up. A chatterbait might work good in most grass. It doesn't. I found out today in in uh, in coontail, a spinnerbait would work good in most situations. You know, it just all depends on the cover and the and the and the water clarity is what determines the color. So. Let's see. CML Fishing, I'll be on in Gunnersville Wednesday. This pro tournament is going to be an experience. First time on Gunnersville. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You'll enjoy it. You really do. And what I like about it is I don't have to put in. And my boat is going to be bare bones, nothing. No fish finder. Uh, going to be a paddle because I can't use my motor. So paddle, a box of, of frogs uh four or five frog rods and a cooler of water and that's it and so it's gonna oh and my power pole my anchor so that's that that's basically how i'm gonna rig my kayak and go paddle to a spot and fish it all day and what let whatever happens happens so awesome awesome scott smith you must have missed the first time i answered this one but i'll answer it again he says how do you know when the fall patterns had pattern has started or started or how do I identify fall transition is what he's asking. Is it water temperature? Is it fish location? It is when the temperatures, okay, so it's when the water temperature starts to fall. Basically, 
when your daytime temperatures are at or below your current water temperature and your nighttime temperatures are, of course, going to be below that, it's going to cause your water to uh, temperature to start dropping. And that'll start the fish moving out of their summer haunts and where they've been in the summertime. It'll push the bait fish up shallow. It'll push them back to the back of the creek. They won't get to the back of the creek until well into fall, but they'll start back. So they'll start moving into the mouths of the creek to start with. And the bass that are out on the main lake will follow. So that's kind of how it is. It's not a set water temperature. So just all depends. John Nader, thanks for the five bucks, man. He says, uh, thanks for the help, Fluke. I'm looking for a high-end cranking chatterbait rod. What would you recommend? 13, I'm going to talk about 13 first, and then I'm going to give you another suggestion. 13 Fishing has a dedicated chatterbait rod. It's called the Chatter Crank. It's really good for chatterbaits, really good for lipless crankbaits. Um, really good for me for medium and deep diving crankbaits. Not good for square bills uh, or anything lighter, but it's a, and it's an awesome spinnerbait rod. So that's and it's a chatter crank rod is what it's called. The Fate Black has it. There's actually, and I can't remember what the the uh, the code is. There's a number letter code that tells you which one it is. But uh, on the on the Fate Black it says chatter crank. And other, all of their other models, no matter what the price is, has a comparable seven foot for medium moderate. I think it's called a medium moderate mag. And uh, it's that's their chatter, chatter crank rod. Now, another good one, if you're looking for a high end, and I haven't looked at his rods in about three years, but the best rods on the market that are made in their high end rods are the Ducket Champion Extremes and uh or not Duckett, dobbins champion extremes i'm in gunnersville and i got Duckett on my mind for some reason but anyway so those are and like i said it's been about three or four years so i and don't don't take my word for it right now because it's been a while but i he makes the bet he back in the day he made the best high-end rod there was it was just so expensive i couldn't afford it so that's why i didn't own any uh, Brett Coleman, thanks for the 10 bucks, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome, bro. Sean Wall, thanks for the, the $10. Says, hey, Gene, thanks for all the information, fishing, informative fishing videos. I've been killing it on Lake Erie this year. God bless you and the fam. Thanks, man. God bless you too. That's awesome. I love Lake Erie. I missed, I, I usually go in May to a media event up there and we didn't get a chance to go this year, of course. So... Ethan Tang, if you can get two frogs total, would you get two popping or two walking or one of each? I think I answered your question today on one of my videos. I've so what colors? I'd get one of each, uh, but understand, I, I would think you want to get four, to be honest with you, or end up with four. Black and white are the two colors. Uh, popping and and walking. Now the walking frog is a really really good in really thick matted vegetation. The popping frog, of course, with the shape of its head, gets hung up in the matted vegetation a lot. But if you're fishing around trees and laydowns and scattered grass and that kind of stuff, a popping frog is really really good, and I do that a lot. But like I said, if I'm in matted vegetation, you want that pointed nose of that walking frog. You can walk a popping frog, and you can walk a walking frog, of course. 
but uh, those are the two times. I, that's when I differentiate between what I choose. Uh, black for uh, um, for sunny days, white for cloudy days, and I sometimes throw white in sunny days and black in cloudy days, or you know, it all depends on what the bass want. So I got blown up on a black one today. I mean, she four four pounder just come out of the water, never got it in her mouth, and she never came back and tried to get it again. So and it was a black one, and it was uh it was so it was cloudy. So, um, Brady Robbins, hey Gene, I've got a question. Most of the time is covering water early in the tournament. In a tournament, really the best way to win. I'm a new tournament fishing and my high school just started a program. You know what? If you want to be like Kevin Van Dam and just burn gas and go from one spot to the other and catch the very first fish that'll bite, that's just fine. Uh, sometimes it wins tournaments. Most of the time it's, it doesn't. Uh, the best thing to do is have a game plan. Spend a day or two early, you know, going around looking and finding fish, finding something. Um, and then stick to those areas early. So you already know there's fish in the area. Uh, if you've done any pre-fishing, you already know there's fish there. Just stick to that area. They may have moved a little bit here, there, and everywhere, which is very typical of this time of the year. They may have moved a little bit, but you know where they were yesterday or the day before, and you can start there and work your way around that area, fishing fast or fishing slow, fishing a buzz bait early, uh, you know, whopper, plopper, buzz frog, something early that'll get a reaction strike. And then once you get bit, you know, your school's right there, stop and fish it a little bit. So that's what I would recommend. Run around if you are struggling and, and grab and start junk fishing as Iconelli calls it is, is a, a really good way to do it when you're struggling. I like, for instance, the tournament I had this spring on Logan Martin, the kayak tournament, my fish were all in the creek channel all the way up until tournament day and they opened up the floodgates on the coosa river and my creek literally rose four feet while i was fishing and there was so much current coming in because of floods and things like that that there were no fish able to stay in the creek and they were gone and so i grabbed a shaky head and i said okay i'm going fishing and i started shallow water you know it was muddy and the water was rising so the fish were going to be shallow anyway and started throwing to every piece of cover shallow I could. And I ended up qualifying for the national championship and just barely qualifying. But I had to, to dump everything and just go fishing. And a lot of time, that's, that's what you need to do. So awesome question, man. Thank you. Um, let's see. Are there any advantages to fishing out of a kayak as opposed to a bass boat? Just got one and trying to figure it all out. Um, so when I want to cover a lot of water, when I want to find fish, when I want to, you know, maximize my time, I'm in my bass boat. I've got my Lumacraft Pro 185 parked right outside charging. I've been on it for two weeks. I run all over this lake and I love fishing out of it because it can go a lot of places really fast. Now, kayaks one i love to catch a fish out of a kayak but the thing that i've i've noticed is how stealthy a kayak is and i'll give you a for instance i was on kentucky lake once several years ago and i was on a mega school and i was catching them once every five to ten casts 
good ones and just absolutely having a ball. Well, it was early in the morning and uh, I guess the tournament had just launched or whatever, but I had a tournament boat come bass boat come up and stop on the bank that I was fishing. I was fishing off the bank, but he stopped, dropped his troll motor and started to fish. And as soon as he got about 50 yards from me, my bite died. That troller motor shut the bike down and he ran all the way across in front of me and, and didn't catch anything and picked up his motor and, and took off 20 minutes later, I got my, my next bite. And then it was back to yeah, well, every, every eight cast. And then it got every five cast, but that troller motor shut my bike down. And so, um, a kayak is one real stealthy. And another thing is you can't, run all over the lake it forces you to catch fish right there and i found myself on my big boat wanting to stay in an area longer because i'm i've done really good in a kayak staying in an area i shut my trolling motor off i shut my fish finder off and i just fish right there and i catch a few more fish so that's kind of my thought um i love my boat i love alumacraft that's why i'm wearing the shirt that's why i love i mean i've loved them forever they saved my career when it was back in the day and that's a whole different story um, but it's, you know, that's a, it's a great tool and it's a great way to fish big lakes and it's safer than a kayak as well. So Thomas Bell, we have a local lake that is aimed more towards youth catfishing. I have fished this lake for years prior to this change about three years ago. I know the bass are there. Any tips or ideas? I'd have to see the lake. That's one of those things. That's kind of a, I don't know. I think it's cool that it's made. It's it's geared towards youth catfishing. That's pretty cool though. But I don't know. I'd have to see the lake for sure. Okay, let's see. Man, you guys are way ahead of me in questions. Joni, what's going on, man? He said, "What's up, Gene? Can't catch a keeper to save my life out there lately. Fall needs to hurry up and get here. You ain't kidding. I caught a bunch of dinks today." Dude, I grabbed a tube and started flipping laydowns on Gunnersville. Man, it was bad. But uh, anyway, yeah, I caught like a two or three 10 inches. Uh, let's see. Todd, I had to stop and read your comment. That's hilarious. He said, love, love it when Gene goes, for this, I like a rod that's not too short, not too long, like a six foot eight, six nine, maybe a six ten, a six eleven, could even be a seven footer. <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I do get that way sometimes, don't I? You can tell when I'm tired. I do that more when I'm tired than when I'm than when I'm alert and oriented. <laughs> Uh, but you know, that's almost true though. Bass fishing is so wide open. And I mean, so many people, and we'll talk about rod lengths. I love a six foot five to a six foot eight frog rod. How many people do you know fish a frog rod that that's, that's that short? I know. And the handle's only like this long. Um, but everybody else is throwing seven foot six, seven, eight heavy action frog rods. And I don't like them. I can't fish them all day long. So yeah, dude, it's it's a it's a personal personal preference for a lot of things, and one rod will work for anything really. And it's just I mentioned so many rods because 
so many things have ideal rods and i always want to teach the ideal rod so good i love that comment though man thanks for busting my balls oh goodness john nader thanks for the five bucks he's thanks for the help fluke have i already seen this comment uh yeah 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 i already saw that one sorry i, I zoomed all the way back to see if i could find some comments that i, I had missed uh do you start your search for fall creeks in the southern or northern parts of the lakes you know what i have not determined that i haven't determined what uh, you know what's what and what you know if they start better way up north or way up up river or way down to the bottom end of the, of the lake i don't know i think it kind of happens all at the same time really but, uh, but yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to pay more attention to that when I'm fishing. Um, let's see. Joshua Jones, when are you going to Rocky? I will, it's going to be a while. Um, I might go on the 21st, but I doubt it. And then after that, I'm, I'm literally here on Gunnersville until middle of October. Uh, coming home on the weekends to say hi to the kids and the wife and then coming back up here to this RV and and really focusing on the KBF National Championship. Um, I hope I don't bomb it, but uh, I might get to the point where I know too much and I get uh, too spun out in the tournament. But anyway, figure the more time I spend up here, the better chance I have of doing good in that tournament. Um, let's see. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to find a question. You guys got to talking to each other. Um, hold on a second. I'm having getting a message right now that says they're having trouble streaming on Facebook, and it's Facebook's problem. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. We'll try that. And it was blocking my comments. So I couldn't see them. Uh, would you peg a weight for anything other than punching and flipping? I tend to peg a lot when I'm fishing around grass and fishing around like sticks and laydowns. I tend to peg it. Um, if I'm just dragging it on the bottom, I don't peg it. Um, but I do, I used to not peg it at all and do just fine. So it, it, it all depends, but I peg a lot now just because I like that weight to stay close to the bait at during the fall and at, and after it lands on the bottom. Um, and then I also, it doesn't get hung up as much as long as the weight is pegged real close. So, um, let's see. Caden D outdoor said, I sent you an Instagram DM and I was wondering if you could take a look at it. Uh, I had a picture of the vegetation I was trying to flip. I did. I looked at it. Um, that was, uh, and I responded to it. That was, uh, um, oh, what do they call it? Uh, water willow is what you're trying to flip. And you were looking for the size weight to throw. I usually throw a half ounce to three quarter ounce in water willow. It's never really super thick that I can't punch to the bottom. It usually doesn't grow any deeper than in about a foot and a half of water. The bass get in it, but man, it's hard to get them out sometimes. They can wrap around that water willow and pry that hook right out of them. So when you set the hook on a bass in the water willow, get them out as fast as you can. So you need a beefy, beefy rod with 
65 pound braid just to turn their head and get them out before they wrap you up. So, but it's a lot of fun, man. That's one of the first places, first types of grass I flipped in and caught bass. So, <laughs> David Neal, he says, Gene, I can't concentrate on your answers. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen you without that hat on. See, I got a full head of hair. Look at that. I, I cut my own hair, but I got a full head of hair. But yeah, if I put the lighting is so bad in this RV, if I put my hat on, my face disappears. So it's staying off. I'm not in my studio today. So um, let's see. Brian Compton asked about a grass burner. When do you fish a grass burner? Nobody talks about that as a topwater bait anymore. I have never fished one. And the reason is it's just so hard to find them. So they're not in stores. I don't know where to get them. So that's probably why, why you don't hear about it anymore. Dang, I ate too much tonight. Whew, I didn't eat any breakfast or lunch. I got home and I kind of binged. So tips for my first co-angler tourney, what to target, what to do, not to, and what not to do. Respect your angler. Uh, bring um, just a small bag of tackle. And no more than five rods. I say four, but no more than five rods because it just gets too cumbersome. They get tangled and everything else. Um, finesse. You know, Ryan, uh, the guy that used to live with me that died of a heroin, heroin overdose, he was the youngest co-angler or youngest person ever to win co-angler of the year for the wall, for the BFLs. And so what he used to do is he would have two or three different baits. He'd have a shaky head uh, and a, and a wacky rig Cinco and a spinner bait are the three things that he would throw the most. And he always threw that, what that shaky head and that wacky rig more than anything behind the angler to get the fish that the angler missed. Um, but biggest thing is respect your anglers is, is one thing. And then also, help reimburse him for, you know, bring 20, $40 for, uh, for gas. So I always, I always, uh, told, uh, told Ryan to take 40 bucks. So is nine Eastern the new time? Yes, it is. I, I went to eight o'clock because Alex Rudd had to go to nine because he was teaching. Well, he doesn't do lives on Friday night anymore. And he forgot to tell me dadgummit. But anyway, so we went back to nine o'clock. It's just easier for me. And uh, I like that time anyway. So, uh, hey, Gene, love your videos. Really has helped out. Hope you do good in the, in the turning. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. All these comments about the fall transition. I need to do a fall transition video again. I need to be the same one as I did last year. Of course, there are other YouTubes that do the same videos they do every year. They do them. They just recycle their videos. So, um. <laughs> Stefan, where can we still find your six five frog rods at? In my boat. <laughs> they don't sell them anymore. Uh, you'd have to find a used one. So I'm I'm trying to get them to bring out another model of a short frog rod, probably a six eight. Uh, but it's gonna. I don't know what. I don't know if I can get convince Ricky to do that or not. They sold like crazy, but they had to reduce that uh, the number of muse black rods uh, that they had. They had to reduce them down. Um, and so that was just one that got the ax, which sucks. Um, 
how do these streams work? I don't want to end up asking too many questions. It's pretty simple. You just type your question in and hopefully I see it. I don't read fast. And plus the comments go so fast. I try to keep up with it. So um, uh, sometimes I see them and sometimes I don't. But uh, the best thing is just type it a few times in there and maybe I'll see it. But don't spam it. It looks I, I, if you start spamming and I see your question like five times in a row, I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to ignore it and keep on rolling. So um, let's see. I catch tiny fish. What's going on, man? That's great. Great name. Uh, hey, Gene, it's just me. But when a deep V boat pulls. Is it just me? OK, but when a deep V boat pulls into a creek and pulls out a foot long musky bait, I can't help laughing because it looks so dumb. Don't laugh at me when I pull out a bull shad that's nine inches long. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that is kind of funny. But uh, it works. Those big musky baits, man, they work for big bass too. That's what the whopper plopper was before it was made small for bass. Going fishing early in the morning. Temp is supposed to drop into the 40s. Ooh, that'd be nice. I'm sweating right now. Uh, what do you recommend throwing on the first cold morning also, why is bass fishing in New England not as good as down south? Hmm. I know some guys in New England that just wreck them, uh, but it could have to be have to do with the the length of the of the summer and the spring. I don't know. But uh, what would I throw on the first cold morning? Hmm. When it starts to get cold, I I literally I start fiending for a buzzbait. Really, I love to throw a buzzbait in the fall. You know, literally throw it up on the bank and drag it into the water and start fishing it, and they'll be right there in the shallows. I don't know about the first cold morning, but dude, when it starts getting cold, I want to throw a buzzbait. Um, but that's the first thing that came to mind. Really, let's see. Mark says, I caught a six to seven pounder on a Zipco 33 real rhino rod, six foot rod on a Cabela's jerk bait. Yeah, that's what I say. You can catch a fish on any rod. There's just ideal rods for bait, for certain baits and for certain techniques. And it, I would feel really bad if I didn't teach that in my videos. And so I always try to pick the, you know, talk about the ideal rod for, for whatever. So that's the biggest thing. But like, if you can only afford one rod, get it go fishing that's what i always tell people so uh philip novak says i'm catching fish right now, fish now because of this channel uh and uh fishing a lot thanks man i appreciate it that's the whole goal that's why i do what i do man um let's see my fg knot keeps breaking off how many times should i half hitch or is there a better way to secure the FG knot? So half hitch it three times before you cut the fluorocarbon. And then half hitch it three more times um, before you cut the braid is what you do. And just make sure you snug those half hitches down. You want the knot to be long. You don't want to scrunch up the knot. You want it to, to spread out as much as it'll spread out. That's another key thing. It just gives you more friction. Uh, oh, and another key thing you may not be doing is after the first half hitch, 
after the very first half hitch, that's when you tighten the knot down. So you tie your first half hitch, you grab your main line and your, and your fluorocarbon and you tighten that knot down. And then you start tying your other two half hitches, clip your fluorocarbon, three more half hitches and you're good. So, uh, let's see. Let's see if they fix the, yeah, Facebook's having really bad issues with their lives right now. So if you, if you guys are having trouble watching this on Facebook, that's a, that's the reason. So, um, what's your ideal weight size for Texas rig in shallow water versus deep water? Um, in shallow water, I'm typically if I'm flipping or pitching into, into cover and stuff like that, I usually start with about a three eighths inch deep water. I go heavier than three eighths, you know, half ounce to three quarters. Turn that AC off. It's getting really hot in here. We're going to run that. Oh, we got 15 minutes. I can stand it for that long. Um, but yeah, that's what I would, that's usually how I start. And in deep water, you rarely go down to a one ounce. One ounce is punching is when it gets into thick cover and I start punching. So Let's see. Let's see. Johnny Ariel said, I went to the FG knot from braid to floral so much easier than the Alberto knot. What's your thoughts? I think the Alberto knot's easier to tie. The Alberto knot wears out faster. An FG knot can last me days. An Alberto knot lasts me about half a day. Uh, just because it has a bend in the fluorocarbon and that fluorocarbon beats up against the guides on the cast and, and it wears that knot out. So, that's the only difference between the two, and the FG knot is a stronger knot, um, but it is harder to tie for me. This is a question from one fishing YouTuber to another. Do you do you now, or do you now, or when you were first starting out on YouTube, ever get overwhelmed or feel felt like giving up because of lack of footage or anything? I have lack of footage all the time. Um, I've never wanted to get up, give up. I've always struggled with depression. Uh, and a lot of the guys have been around me a long time and have watched my channel a long time. I don't hide it. Uh, when I'm feeling down the dumps, I usually let people know. Um, my problem this year or this right now is that I'm so focused on tournament fishing. I forget that I have to make a video. And then I am struggling to, to, to get in the mood to make a video. So next week for the first four days, I've got one video that I made this week already. Um, which is a collab with another YouTuber, which was a lot of fun, but, uh, instructional videos will be start. I'll start filming some more net this next week, uh, and just get my head in the game with that. The best thing I can tell you to do when you start to get overwhelmed is get, or get more organized. Um, and then, uh, start making outlines for your videos and things like that. So it keeps you on track. And that's where I do the best is when I start making outlines and then I get lazy and I stop making outlines. And it gets harder again. So I, I have my ebbs and flows. I, it, and it has a lot to do with one. I'm a dad with four kids. I have adult responsibilities and I have bills to pay. And I have, you know, and I have to remember, I got to go fishing and catch and make videos to pay the bills. So uh, have I ever tried fly fishing? Yes, Nam. I grew up fly fishing. My dad was a fly fisherman from out, from out west. I tied my first fly when I was three years old. Um, and then it got so out outrageously expensive that I stopped. 
And so, and it's still outrageously expensive. I can't believe the price of some of these rods and reels. So, um, all right, I'm going to jump ahead in comments. I know I'm way, way behind. Uh, Asvaldo, thanks for the $5 super sticker. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you guys that donated, donate. You're awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I love it. See, Clark's Hill crappy tomorrow. Your Google Earth video changed the game. It sure did, man. Sure did. I got 139 waypoints on Clark's Hill. If somebody wants to pay me a couple grand for them, I've had been offered two grand from a guide and didn't sell them to him. I should have. But they're all treetops on the on the Georgia Little River. And in the wintertime, they are loaded with crappy. Anyway, big ones too. Uh, hey, Gene, bought my first Arky jig. Uh, any tips on how to fish it? An Arky jig is a great skipping jig. So if you're skipping under docks or into cover and stuff like that, it's great to learn on. Um, I got an old, old, old skipping video that I use an Arky head in. It's also a really good timber jig when you're dragging through timber. Good for dragging on the bottom. But when you've got like laid down wood and stuff and you want to drag a jig through it, it's really good for that. Um, spread the skirt out. Use a, a, a trailer um, that has a lot of kick to it this time of the year. And then in the wintertime, go to one that has a trailer that has hardly any action. Um, that's how, that's what I would do with it. But yeah, Arky's a good starting jig and it's because you can, it, it does just about everything. So, uh, let's see any good tips for heavily pressured bass go light line finesse, you know, get a spinning rod, fish a Ned rig or a drop shot or something real finesse is usually what I do when I'm fishing, uh, really, really high pressure stuff. The lake I fish every day at home is a high pressured public fishing area. The do what I do there different than anybody else or a lot of other people is I fish offshore. I'm an offshore angler. I've been doing it for many, many years and I, it does not intimidate me to get out in the middle of the lake and, and get and fish for, for bass. And I've been catching giants out there, but uh, everybody else runs the bank all day long and I'm sitting out in the middle of the lake anchored down catching big bass. Um, but there's certain reasons for that, and I'm not going to share those on about that lake. But it is offshore structure and drops and creek channels and things like that. So, um, let's see. Let's see, I already got to that question. How many rods do you carry when you're in a kayak fishing tournament? Uh, I carry four to five three bait casters, one to two spinning, thinking of going four bait casters, one spinning. Um, I typically will carry six. I, my behind me, I can hold five. I've got two, um, uh, two yak attack rod holders on the side that stick out the back and it holds two rods. The ones I use the least, I've got a black pack that holds three more. And then the six ones, uh, is the one I'm using. So it stays between my feet. The uh, I've been known to put two extras on there. It just gets too you, you get too many things tangled, too many issues with it. But the the least I'll do is five, and the most I'll do is six. And just spinning and bait casting just depends on how I'm going to fish that day. So, you guys don't forget the uh, we've got a few more minutes, but don't forget the giveaway we're giving. Go to my website, flutemaster.com, buy a sticker. 
uh, on your Instagram account, take a picture of the sticker stuck on something. It can be fishing related. It can be anything. It can be your wife's back. Please don't. She'll kick my butt. Um, but uh, take a picture of it, throw it on Instagram, put stuck on fluke. And uh, I'll pick a winner at the end of the month for a $50 tackle warehouse gift card and a $50 gift card to my website. And then um, uh, in May of next year, all the winners will be thrown into a, a hat and I'll draw one guy and I'll take you fishing. So I'll come to your house, pick you up, and we'll go to your lake and we'll go fishing. Let's see. Uh, where do you think bass like to go in Michigan in about the beginning of September as of cover and what to use? Uh, lures and gear. I don't know about lures and gear. Lures and gear just depends on what type of cover they're in. Typically, in September, the grass is starting to die off in Michigan, so they're going to get out of the grass and they'll start head start heading towards hard cover like rocks and laydowns and you know sticks and stuff. Uh, they'll start moving shallow and running the bank. The bait fish will move shallow, um, and you guys will be you know September. You guys are getting hard into into fall. And so if it's a natural lake, the bait fish will move shallow. If it's a man-made lake, because there's a few of those in Michigan, uh, you can, they'll, they'll start moving up the creek arms and wherever the water's coming in, uh, the bait will start moving up that way and the bass will follow. So uh, do you ever eat the bass or do you only throw them back? I have eaten a few on like campouts and stuff like that to like show my Boy Scouts how to clean a fish and stuff like that. I don't like the taste. They don't taste good at all. I can go out and catch all the crappie that I, that I want and they taste great. And I'd rather do that. Um, but I typically throw them back. Uh, they're worth more to me alive than dead, but you can. And I don't, I don't ever, uh, I don't ever look down on somebody who does. I just don't like the flavor of them. So, but, uh, Miguel Alvarez, thanks for the five bucks. It says teaching others so they can teach others is what I've learned from you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, that's what it's fun. That's, that's my favorite thing to do is to teach others and watch that smile on their face as they catch fish. I'm addicted to that smile. Definitely. When I was guiding back in the day, man, when I, when somebody would catch their first fish, you'd see that grin from ear to ear the rest of the day. And it was worth every single second of teaching some knucklehead how to cast a, a fishing rod or whatever it took to get him there. So my first time using a drop shot a few months ago had great results. Um, I now always have it tied on. It's my go-to confidence bait. I have caught over 300 fish on it just under in two months. I'm glad I tried. That's awesome, man. That is a great confidence bait. That's one of those that when they're not biting anything else, if you've got confidence in it, you're going to catch a fish. So let's see. Sean Lay, welcome, man. I had the first comment I've seen of you. You've probably been watching the whole time, though. He says, hey, Fluke, how do you like the new XI3 motor guide? Uh, you get spot lock. Did I get the spot lock version? I did. Uh, I've got the kayak version that's not out on the market yet. <coughs> it's just got a 36-inch shaft instead of a 452 or 48, whatever, how long it is that comes in. <laughs> It's nice. The spot lock is really, really accurate. You don't get off your spot a whole lot. It's super quiet when it's holding you on your spot. Um, and it kicks butt. It's real powerful. So it gets my bona fide going like 4.1 miles an hour with my fat butt in it. So it's been a good motor. But uh, 
just waiting for KBF to make it to where I can put two motors on there. I'll have the motor guide on the front for spot lock and for, for fishing. And I'll have the torpedo on the back, like, like a big motor just to get me there. So that'd be nice. How is the grass in that grass in Gunnersville? It is the best I've ever seen. I posted on a, on the KBF members only Facebook page, uh, this morning, a picture of the grass. I think it was, yeah, it was this morning. And the picture that I took was of a huge, huge grass mat. Last year, I was throwing a spinnerbait right there because there was no grass. Uh, and so it's the best I've seen in probably 15 years. And it's maturing quite well. The mats have to mature out to attract the bait fish underneath them and everything else. But it's maturing quite well. Sean Lay, thanks for the 10 bucks, man. He's, I hope you and the family are doing well. Can't wait to see some fall fatties. Me either, brother. And we're doing pretty good. I get to see him tomorrow. Um, my birthday's on Sunday. Holy cow. I almost forgot. I turned a whole whopping 46 years old. So, but, uh, but yeah, dude, they're doing great. I miss my wife. I've been gone. I've only been gone since Wednesday, but, uh, I hate leaving and, and being gone for too long. It sucks. So, uh, Dean show says I live on Lake Murray, South Carolina, great Lake. And I live at a cove. One side is a steep drop off and the other side of the cove are flat. What should I throw? I'm a beginner. I don't want to be annoying, but I'm kind of curious. You're not annoying. Uh, it's kind of a, it's not an odd question. It's a, I know Lake Murray, which is a good thing. If I didn't know Lake Murray, I wouldn't be able to help you out much. But uh, sometimes of the year in, some, in certain weather conditions, the bass will be on those steeper banks. Other times they'll be on the flats. What you need to do is look along the bank and find an area of the bank that has a lot of bait fish or a lot of little tiny fish swimming along and, and playing around and doing whatever little tiny bait fish do. But anyway, and that'll give you an idea about where the bass are located because they've got to eat those little fish and they're fat and lazy and they don't move far from the from the from the dinner table. So they're going to follow their food wherever their food goes. Um, the some really, really good baits on Lake Murray, especially in the fall, is a clear super spook junior. You'll have to write that down and look it up if you're new at base at, at bass fishing. But it's a clear super spook junior with a red treble hook on the front. Um, the, it, the, the red treble looks just a target. You don't have to have it, but it's, it's a good thing to have on there. I've got an old, old video on how it's called how to walk a spook, um, or how to fish a spook. I think that's what the name of the video is. Go look it up. It was filmed on Clark's Hill, which is a lot like Lake Murray. And it talks about how to do that. Um, that's the first thing I would throw. Another one would be a fluke, a white fluke. Um, but yeah, that's what I would suggest. Lake Murray's a great lake though, man really is it's cool that you're getting in with uh, getting into bass fishing and a lot of good solid largemouth and spotted bass on lake murray so um when do you fish a buzzbait over a popping frog i fish a buzzbait hmm over a popping frog i think when there's a lot of cover i tend to throw more i'll throw a popping frog more but I love a buzzbait so much in the mid to late fall that I will throw that every time I can and uh, leave a popping frog in the box. But it just because it's so much fun to catch a fish on a pop on a on a buzzbait. 
um, especially really when they're really, really close to the bank. So have I tried the new 13Z slide? I have not. Uh, when they ordered them, they forgot or they, they didn't forget. Something happened and, and the marketing Z slides didn't get ordered. They got sent to like Tackle Warehouse or something to get sold. And so the ones that they had set aside for marketing did not make it to, to the office. And so I never got one. So I'm going to have to start pushing to get one. But that's kind of how it works. Uh, <coughs> they have some that are set aside for marketing and we get them. They get distributed out to those of us who, who promote them, use them, beat them up, do everything else. And then everything else goes out to the world, real world. So and we just didn't get them. Oops. <laughs> Thanks for the birthday wishes, guys. I really appreciate it. Ethan's Outdoors, which floor carbon line would you recommend for your crankbaits and square bills? I use a Brazex. Uh, it's, you know, Seaguar Brazex. I've been using it for five years now, four years, four years. And for square bills and anything I'm going to beat up against cover and stuff like that, you can't beat a Brazex. Real fun, real easy to cast, very abrasion resistant. And, and uh, it takes a beating. It really does. So definitely what I would in 12 to 15 pound. If I'm fishing square bills in heavy, heavy cover, doing a lot of ripping and a lot of popping, I'm going to, I'm going to throw 15 pound, but most of the time it's on 12 pound. Uh, Miguel says, man, I thought we were the same age. You got me by five years, dude. If, if my wife won't let me shave my beard, if I ever shave my beard, I look five years younger than her. So it's just the looking young runs in the family. My dad looked always looked a lot younger than he really was. So but yeah, it drives my wife nuts. When, when I, we were married, I was in the army, so I couldn't have facial hair. And everybody thought she was robbing the cradle when we got married. And I'm nine months older than her. So happy early birthday. Uh, you've taught me a lot and I love your videos. Kayak fishing have been has been a blast these past few months. I've uh, been hooked on bass fishing. That's awesome, Hayden. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the five bucks. Thank you. Thank you. Um Sean says, are square bills and top water effective when fishing large, bar, bo large bodies of water like Lake Michigan? I always uh, hear square bills need to be bumping. They do need to be bumping something a lot of times. There have been times where I've done good on a square bill by pumping it. In other words, real pump, you know, you're just pumping your rod and reeling at the same time. So it's a start and stop type deal. I've done good a few times on that in the fall, but Typically, you got to be bumping into something or coming real close to bumping into something with, with square bills. Oh, on St. Clair, I did real good on square bills, but we were up in a canal and and ripping through grass. So, um, what rod length, power, and action would you get to uh, flip water willow? Woo! Hayden, my favorite flipping rod for like shallow water flipping is like a seven foot three or seven foot four heavy. Um, for water willer, willow, willer, water willow, um, you definitely have to have 65 pound line, uh, a good stout hook, flipping hook, not a punching hook, but like a, a gamagatsu um, super line hook. You know, they, they make several different types of them. But make sure there's a sticker on the package that says Superline, and you'll be just you'll be set. So, um, yeah, that's what I, the action. You know, fast action would be fine. Moderate would be fine, but just make sure it's a seven foot three, seven foot four heavy. So, 
All right, guys, it's been an hour and three minutes. Thanks for the birthday wishes, everybody. Uh, don't feel any older than I was yesterday, but that's okay. Uh, get one more question real quick. Patrick says, what style of fishing do you dislike the most? Also, I watched your shaky head video uh, to learn how to fish them and loved it. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. What fishing, what style of fishing do I dislike the most? I know the rig I dislike the most. I don't like an Alabama rig because it puts too many holes in a bass. Um, but the style I like the least. Hmm. I don't know. I like them all, but if I had to choose, it's a Cinco. A weightless, wacky rig Cinco. I will fish it when I have to. I have them. I, I, I keep them in the boat, but I cannot. I'd rather watch paint dry. I'd rather, rather sit up in the lawn on a chair and watch the grass grow than to fish a Cinco the way everybody else fishes it because it's just boring. And I guess I'd have to say that's the one I, I like the least, but I still do it. It still catches fish. I'll probably have one tied on during the national championship. Who knows? But anyway. All right, guys. Well, it's been awesome. Thanks for sticking around. Remember my giveaway. Um, but like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out in the water. Go ahead and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.